Amen. This is one of my favorite times of year. I think for many of us in this room, you feel the same way. The winter is, well, kind of almost over. It's been cold the last two days, but winter is ending. Spring has come and sprung, and it's Easter Sunday morning. Amen. And which is wonderful. And now there's a new reason why this time of year is special, because a week and a half ago, I became a pawpaw. Yeah. And, and man, I'm telling you, we waited for that child to come. Felt like forever, and the baby came. And um, just last week, I was getting ready to go home a few days ago, actually. And, um, and I just had to see him, because I wasn't going to see him till this afternoon. And, um, and so I was like, I can't wait a whole week to see this kid. And so Papa went, ran over there and saw him, because they live like 40 minutes away. And I went over and got to hold little shepherd for a little bit. What a little guy. And so you guys will have to just excuse me for a second, because so, I know shepherd. Shepherd's watching right now. And so, Shepherd, Papa loves you, buddy. Papa thinks you're so special, you're but a but good boy. Why in the world would I act that way? I'm going to tell you in two words. Are you ready for this? Because of new life. That's why. Because of new life. Come on, somebody. New life came into our home, and it's got some 50-year-old guy going, ooh, boo-boo, baby, you're so cute. You, you. I mean, good night. I just usually want to get home and be selfish, and now it's like, I just got to go see this little bit. Because of new life, it changes everything. It makes you talk different, walk different, act different, have a different kind of focus. And you wonder when you come into a place like this, especially on an Easter Sunday morning, why do people act different? Because we have new life. Come on. Man, I'm telling you right now, that ain't even in the notes. <laughs> I want you to open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 3. Yes, we're going to start this today in an epistle in the book of Galatians chapter 3. We'll get there in a second. I feel like God doesn't want today just to be a typical Easter morning service. When I say typical, we're going to come in here and we're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Yes, that's what we're going to do. It's what we should do. But when it comes to the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus was raised for a reason. And that reason is you. Amen? The salvation of you, the healing of you, the deliverance of you, your victory, your strength, everything he did, the Bible says, he went to the cross with the joy, he took that suffering upon him with the joy that was before him. And that was you in his mind, in his heart that day. And so today, I just believe that God is going to do something in our lives personally today that's going to cause us to be able to stand a little stronger in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ that is in and upon our lives. And so I want us to stand to our feet as we read the first scripture. We always honor God's word around here by standing. And the first thing I want to look at as we go in, I don't really have points today. Is that all right? You're like, Pastor, you never have points. No, I don't really have points. I kind of got movements. And the first movement we're going into today is the cross and the curse. Everybody say the cross and the curse. Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Doesn't mean that that curse wasn't valid. There was a, a reason why we walked in that curse. Disobedience brought that curse. 
but Jesus chose to walk as a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Jesus, I ask over the next few minutes, visit with us. Send your Holy Spirit just to lead and guide and cause us to leave this place just ready to stand and walk according to you even greater. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can have your seat. Obviously, for the Christian faith, the cross is the the center of everything. You do realize when they say the crux of something, that literally means the cross. Crux is Latin for cross. It's that point of everything. And for us as a believer, the cross is everything because it's that place where the curse was dealt with. The curse was dealt with on the cross. I hope that gets in your head. The curse was dealt with on the? The curse was dealt with on the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the cross can, in a sense, since the curse was dealt with on the cross, the cross can kind of speak of being a cursed thing in a sense. Jesus went upon it to, to, to take upon us and to take upon the sins of the world of our sins upon him to set us free. And the curse, in a sense, came upon him. The cross speaks of the curse that's upon us. That only Jesus' sacrificial death can be able to deal with. That's what we think of when we see the cross. Think it's a thing that is cursed. If not so much the cross, but the, 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 the imagery of what the cross stands for. And the one who hangs on the cross becomes cursed in that moment, Scripture would say. And see, we know from original sin that curse brought separation. When sin came to the earth, that curse brought separation from God. And it brought separation from God's best for us. And with it entered the burdens of life. When you look at Genesis chapter 3, you'll see how various things became more difficult and harder. How many are married in here today? You understand. (laughs) It gets more difficult and harder, yes. More rich and joyous. But man, it can be burdensome at times. And there's various things. So when the curse came, it brought sin, sickness, sorrow, and shame. Sin, sickness, sorrow, and shame. That burden started to come. And that curse that came, kind of like the cross beam of the cross, that curse that came, when it came, it weighs us down. It carries a heavy load, the, the, the sin, sorrow, sickness, and shame. It weighs on us. How many in this room, you've been weighed down at times by either sin, sorrow, sickness, or shame? Yeah. Sin, sorrow, sickness, and shame. And it's a heavy burden for us to carry. And at times we stoop under the struggling of trying to bear up those things in our life. Trying to get over, overcome sin. Trying to handle and manage sorrow. Trying to, to get through life when you're sick. And it just doesn't seem like the miracle, the healing is coming soon enough. I'm looking at friends of mine in this room that that's evident of. That they know that's where they're at right now. And it breaks my heart for you. And you carry your burden valiantly. But it's still a weight. It's still a burden that we carry. There's people in this room that carry shame. Things done to you when you were a young person and you carry shame. Maybe things you did that you can't forgive yourself for. Sometimes you are the hardest person to forgive and you carry shame and it becomes a burden that causes you to be stooped in life. I love what Charles Spurgeon said. The heaviest end of the cross lies ever on Christ's shoulders. If he bids us carry a burden, he carries it also. 
Every burden that you carry, if you feel like, man, this is too much, I can't carry this alone, you're absolutely right. And he carries it along with you. Let's look at carrying your cross. In Matthew 16, 24 through 26, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life would lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Jesus looks to his disciples and he says, take up your cross and follow me. Carry your cross. But Ross, you understand, the cross I'm carrying at times is so burdensome I just want to drop it. I just want to put it down. I get that. I get that. And you know what? Sometimes those things we carry, God just removes in a moment. But you know how life works? Guess what? We live in a world that's cursed. So more tension comes. Something else comes. And next thing you know, you have a choice to abandon the things of God or abandon the peace of God or abandon the house of God or abandon your relationship. I'm not saying he's abandoning you. I'm just saying we at times, because of the burden, will move. Or to pick up our cross and carry it. But wait a second, pastor. I thought the Bible says, come to me who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Yeah, he said that. And there's a reason. We're going to see how that yoke can become easy and how that burden can become light as we go through today as we talk. But the challenge for us is to take up our cross, to stay faithful even underneath that heavy burden that at times we carry. Sometimes we carry heavy burdens by choice. God wants us to lay those things down and not carry the things we're not needing to carry. Sometimes we carry things that have been thrust upon us by life. God wants to help us with that, and we're going to look at that here in a moment. I'm just labeling this idea of this burdensome cross that we're carrying today, sin, sickness, sorrow, and shame. Because every one of us in here, I'm not even going to try to carry this. I could. (laughs) Sin, sickness, sorrow, and shame. Every one of us at times, the cross seems like it's more than we can handle. The burden seems like it's more than we're matched for. How many, you don't have to raise your hand. Life right now, there's some things in it, it's just more than you feel matched for. God's gonna do a work today in your heart. God's gonna do something today to help you, to strengthen you, to keep you moving forward. Because at times, you're right, the burdens you carry often seem too much to handle. And when us, when we feel that way, we can kind of just take a second and breathe a little sigh of relief. You know why? Because the Bible is full of people who struggled under the burden of what they were carrying. You are not alone. You are in good company. There are people who started strong in Scripture, but the pain, pressure, and weakness of their flesh caused them to stumble under the weight of their burden. We can see it all through Scripture. Joshua, he stumbled under the weight of leadership being thrust upon him. Jonah stumbled under the weight of fully obeying what God had called him to do. Gideon stumbled under the weight of not feeling good enough. How many insecure folk in the house? You're like, I'm not raising my hand. I'm with you. I ain't raising my hand. Yeah. Sarah, Hannah, and Rachel, they stumbled under the weight of barrenness. Peter, he stumbled under the weight of what others might think. And Paul was burdened by some 
ailment in his body that three times he asked Jesus, take this away from me. And every time God would say, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. Each of these times, these people were tempted to or did drop what they were supposed to be carrying. But listen, they ended up getting where they were supposed to be and walking in what they were called to walk in in spite of the burdens that they carried. But every single one of them at times, I'm not going to say they were tempted to, every single one of them at times dropped their cross. Every single one of them at times struggled under the weight so much. You know, and you know what that looks like. You're struggling under the weight of, of tension in the home, and next thing you know, you pop off at your kid. You know, you're just like your father. Well, now the kid's like, I didn't know you didn't like dad so much. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, <laughs> we all get that way. We struggle on the weight of tension, and then it pops. It pops out, and we stumble, and we drop our cross, if we will, if you will. We drop that burden. Can I show you something really neat in Scripture? Turn your Bibles to Matthew 27. I love this because, like I said, you're in good company. You're in good company. Watch this. And this thought came to me over a year ago. I wanted to preach this last Easter, and God wouldn't let me yet. I think he needed me to carry some burdens so I could understand the gravity of this the last year. But listen to this. You're in good company. Three out of the four Gospels speak of Jesus dropping his cross. Of Jesus needing help to carry his cross. Matthew 27, I'm just going to read one of them. Verse 32. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry Jesus' cross. And I ask you a question. Why did Jesus drop his cross? I mean, obviously, Jesus can do anything. I mean, even if he was upon the cross, the Bible says he could call upon a a multitude, a host of angels that would come and deliver him lest he dash his foot upon the stone, like in Psalms 91 it speaks of. I mean, Jesus could have done anything. I get that he died on the cross and he chose to suffer because that's the sacrifice, right? That's the sacrifice. That's what caused the propitiation, which means the covering over of our sins. I understand that, that he allowed himself to go clear to the point of death on the cross, but why did he drop his cross? Why? Why did he need help getting to Calvary's Hill? I'm going to tell you, you know why Jesus dropped his cross? Because God knew you would drop yours He knew there would be times in your life that you weren't going to be able to get to that hill. There was going to be times in your life, that place of sacrifice, that place of victory, that place where God changes everything, that place where the curse is turned around, but there's going to be times in your life it's hard to get to that place. And you're going to drop the cross. You're going to drop that, you're carrying that heavy load, that heavy burden, just shy of the hill, just shy of the place of victory. Just shy of the place where the curse is dealt with. And you're going to drop that cross in a sense. Every one of us at times have done that because of sin, sickness, sorrow, or shame. We have found ourselves just, this is too much to bear. And so I'm just going to tell you this, ready? When that happens, we all need cross bearers in our lives. Amen? 
Every single one of us. We need those people who help carry the burden with us and help us stand until the battle is over. Help us manage one part of this thing until the victory has been won. And if you're going through something right now, I want you to just take a, a, a kind of a, a, what do you call it, a symbolic look around. You don't have to, but I'm just saying, if you're going through something, look around in this room right now because I believe there's a room full of people here today. If you're going through something, look around this room because I believe that you came in here today carrying a burden alone and it's the last time you have to ever carry a burden alone again. Can you give God some praise? Amen? Amen. Those people clapping their hands, they're those who are there for you. Amen? To help you lean in together, to, to go through life together, to help carry those burdens. And so... I want to get back to Jesus. I don't want to get off Jesus too much. We're going to kind of be looking at two things here in a second, all right? Looking at Jesus with Simon the Cyrene, and then we're going to look at the power of the tomb, what happened, what God did at the tomb, rather. Not the power of the tomb, but what God did with his power at the tomb. And so let's get back to Jesus. We see Jesus. He's heading to the place that would result in ultimate victory. And as he went, he dropped his cross. And then as we know, as we've seen, something happens. Simon the Cyrene is commissioned to help carry the cross. He's commissioned. In other words, co-mission. Like he came into mission with God's purpose. And God will bring people into mission with you. God will bring people in to help you carry those burdens. If you'll let them. If you'll let them. I want to say it this way, it will take both flesh and spirit to get you to the place where your victory will be won, okay? Jesus is on his way to Calvary's Hill, and it took flesh, it took that Cyrene, that man from Cyrene, Simon, to help him carry that cross to the hill. And so to me, that's a type of flesh. It takes others. If Jesus needed Simon to help, then guess what? You need people in your life to help you carry your cross too. Amen? And that's not taking away from the deity of Christ. He did everything he did as a model to us. But like I said, I believe he dropped his cross because he knew you were going to drop yours. And he shows us a model that even he allowed somebody else to help him get to the place of victory. And so if you're going to be able to rise up underneath the weight of your burden, it is going to take some help from the flesh, and also it's going to take some help from the spirit. And we'll get to the spirit here in a second, but I want to stay in that realm of flesh, because flesh helped Jesus get to the cross, but it was the flesh of Christ, God incarnate, that means flesh. It was the flesh of Christ, it was his sacrifice on Calvary's hill that sets you free. It's his sacrifice, his shed blood that gave you ultimate victory. You wouldn't even be able to walk to a place of victory had that victory not been won, had the curse not been dealt with. But Ross, I still struggle with the curse. I still struggle with sin, sorrow, sickness, and shame. I know we live in a world that's fallen. That's why we carry our cross daily. That's why that burden at times we have kind of causes us to stoop, but we stay faithful to the things of God, but we don't stay faithful alone. We lean into flesh. We lean in first, not first, but in order of our talk. We lean into other people as we're going through life. But then we also lean into what Jesus did on the cross. 
He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. By his stripes, we are healed. When he died on that cross and shed his blood, it covered the payment of that curse, and that curse was broken. The finality of it was broken. Although the, the, the world is still tainted and we deal with things, we still can walk in the victory because that is a place because Jesus' flesh dealt with it on that, 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 um, that, um, that Golgotha's hill. That is a place where salvation was won and the victory was won. And so it's a place of death and victory. Yes, it's a place of death, but it's a place of ultimate victory as well. We know the story. Three days later, we know what's going to happen, and we're going to get to there in a second. Jesus' journey wasn't over when he dropped the cross. He still had to get to the place of victory. It says, as they went out, they found the man of Cyrene named Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross, and they came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. You may say, Pastor Ross, it feels like when I'm carrying my burden, at times it gets way worse before it ever gets better. Is there anybody in this room that you've come through some stuff and you're walking in victory and some stuff right now, but it got way worse before it ever got better? Can you make some noise up in here? I mean, it got way worse before it ever got better. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's dropping his cross. Simon's carrying his cross. He still has to go to the cross. There's still that place of sacrifice. There's still that place where Jesus is going to deal with that curse that is over us. And that place is a place of victory, but it's also a place of, of death. They offered him wine to drink. I don't have this on scripture, just listen. Mixed with gall, but when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots, and then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head, they put the charge against him, which read, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. And they did that in mockery, but that's exactly who he is. He's not only king of the Jews, he is king of all. Amen? Amen. In Hebrew, Melech HaOlam, the God, the sovereign one of the universe. Amen? He's God of everything. Ah, King of kings and Lord of lords. And he is the king over the burdens that you carry. He's king over the things that weigh you down. He's king because the curse has been defeated. Even though this world we're still living in, this world isn't our home. We're on our way to a place of victory. Amen? But we can experience some of that victory right now because he is king and Lord of lords right now in and through your life. Hmm. So, no journey. His journey wasn't over when he dropped his cross. He had to walk all the way to the place of the skull, the place of death. That's what Golgotha means, the place of the skull. He was scourged. He carried his cross. He dropped his cross. He got to the tree. They nailed him on the tree. He was hung as a curse upon the tree, a cursed tree. And ultimately, he died on that cross. But Golgotha isn't remembered mainly as a place of death. Amen. Calvary is mainly now remembered as a place of victory. I mean, we know he died, but we know he rose again. Isaac Watson, 1707, he wrote these words. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for sinners such as I? Oh, you know this one. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden, <laughs> the burden, the burden, come on somebody, the burden, 
that burden of sickness, that burden of, of, of sorrow, that burden of shame, that burden of addiction, that burden of, of just sinful, riotous living that you just can't hardly shake, that burden, all those things that try to hold you back, that burden of my heart rolled away. But how you walk up in that burden? Preach, Isaac, preach. It was there by faith. I received my sight. Hmm. And now I am happy all the day. You see, it was on that cruel cross that Jesus laid down his life as the final sacrifice to pay the penalty of the curse we deserved. And in that moment, he conquered your sin, your sickness, your sorrow, and your shame. And in doing so, he said, you will never have to carry the burden of the cross on your own ever again. Colossians 2, 13 through 15 speaks so powerfully of the cross. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him. Remember that new life we celebrated at the beginning? Having forgiven us all trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. And in doing so, I love this, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and he put them to an open shame by triumphing over them in it. Peter goes on in 1 Peter 2, 24 through 25, when it talks about the cross, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. There the curse is dealt with right there. That we might die to sin. Wait a second, hold on here but I still struggle with sin. Right, right, right. It's that we might die to sin. He dealt with the curse. He dealt with the curse that brings the burdens of sin, sorrow, sickness, and shame. But it's that we might die, that we might find life, that we might. Man, that's a daily walk. I'm saying you get saved that one time. I get that. But walking that out is a daily thing, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. It's hard at times when you're weighed down by sin to live in righteousness. And I know there's people in this room right now that are just, but you've been saved too long. <laughs> you forget how it is when you're struggling with the sin and you're swearing off on it and you're swearing off on it. And it's easy for you to say, well, just pray and be serious about it and God will take it away. I don't know where that's coming from. My heart's heavy for you right now. But God sees you. He sees the brokenness in your heart over that sin. He recognizes. It's a burden that you're carrying. And he wants you to know that he has dealt with it on the cross. That you might live. That you might die to sin. That you might walk in righteousness. And I believe God's going to break that off your life today. In Jesus' name. Whatever that might be. That's getting easier. <sighs> It is. I'm not sure why, but <laughs> all right. <laughs> mm. <clears throat> to live to righteousness by his wounds, you have been healed for you were strained like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. That one that cares for you so deeply. George Campbell Morgan said this in the cross, sin is cursed and canceled in the cross. Grace is victorious and available. I want to say it this way in my vernacular. You ready? For every drop cross, there's a promise of an empty tomb. Now, Jesus dropped that cross, but three days later, he rose from a grave. Amen? 
And I'm telling you right now, the same way in your life, there's times you struggle underneath the burden of sin, sickness, sorrow, and shame. But hang in there. We've looked at the flesh. We've looked at that idea of the flesh, that the old man dies and the new man raises again. That's what the tomb shows us. That's that flesh. It's not just Jesus' flesh that three days later rose. We do see that. Matthew 28, 5 through 6, the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He's not here for he has risen. Yeah, that flesh went into the grave. And then he was raised from the dead and came back out. That drop cross didn't keep him from walking into an empty tomb, into a place of resurrection. There was a place of sacrifice in between. And it will always be that way. When you're dealing with the crosses in your life, there'll be a place of sacrifice before there's an empty tomb. Seems like that every time. But that place of sacrifice, you may feel like you're dying, but it's not the place of death. It's the place of victory. Hang in there while you're going through that. I told you it takes flesh and spirit. When it comes to flesh, we could see Simon the Cyrene helping Jesus Carry the cross. In your life, you have people that you can lean into. Do that. When it comes to the flesh, we see Jesus laying his body down as the ultimate sacrifice that we might have life. But it's not just about the flesh that'll set you free. It's the flesh and the spirit. God always uses both. And the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. He will quicken your mortal body. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead that day. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit in this room today that'll help you manage the burdens that you're going through, that'll set you free if you're bound by sin, that'll come and bring joy to your heart because weeping endures through the evening, but joy comes in the morning. And so that sorrowful heart, it's the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life that'll carry that burden with you. Amen. It's that, that, that sense of shame when the Holy Spirit starts to come upon you and you start to realize that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that he abides in you. And you start to understand and know what that means. That shame can start to just go off of you because you know you are some kind of something in the things of God because of the Spirit. Not because of who you are, but the one that dwells in you. You know that. And that's the same Spirit that is in this place right now. The same spirit that when we struggle to carry the weight, Zechariah would say, it's not by might. It's not by our strength to carry the weight. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And you may be like, Pastor Ross, I just, it sounds to me like you're giving us an excuse to drop our cross. I wish none of you would. Stop dropping your crosses. But I can't say that because I drop mine too sometimes. But you may say, you know, it feels like you're giving us an excuse for dropped crosses. No, 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 I'm not giving you an excuse for dropped crosses. I'm giving you a solution for dropped crosses. Jesus paid the price for your victory over sin, sickness, sorrow, and shame. And then a writer, Carl Barth, said he carried our sin, our captivity, and our suffering. And I love this. Don't miss this. And he did not carry it in vain. He carried it away. Ooh, yes, he did. Hmm. But a pastor, at times I feel like the burdens I still carry are too much. You're right. And as long as you're in this world, you're going to need others to help you carry 
that burden. Pastor, it feels like it's too much. I know you're going to need to lean into the Spirit of God. You're going to lean into the Holy Spirit. And you may say, but Pastor Ross, I don't even know what that means. Get back here. We will teach you what it means to move in the Holy Spirit. We'll teach you what it means to, to hear the voice of God. We'll teach you what it means to be able to respond to the moving of God. Amen? And that's not just a plug to come to Momentum Church. But if you receive it that way, come to Momentum Church. <laughs> that was funny. No, we're going to have to lean into the Holy Spirit and watch those things that look like they were going to take you down and they'll actually be what God uses to bring you up to that place of of victory. It looks like death, but it's a place of victory. Man, I think of, and we're almost done, I think of the burden of God's people. This is Passover week. This week we had a beautiful time just celebrating Seder with our family and, and, um, and it's Passover week. And I think of the bondage of God's people, Israel, in Egypt. And the burden that they were carrying, literally physical burden of carrying to to do construction for the Pharaoh. And here's what I love. There's a passage of scripture that says this, and oh, it's so good. The more they were afflicted, this is what the scripture says. The more they were afflicted. The more burden they had, the more that was heaped upon them, the more that looked like they ain't never going to get to that place of victory, the more that they were afflicted, the Bible says they multiplied. What is that? That's like that new life we were talking about at the beginning. They went in as just a small little family, and they went out a, a nation. The more they were afflicted, the more they multiply. Life kept showing up, and I'm going to tell you the same way. When you lean into the flesh, you lean into help from others, you lean into the sacrificial work of what Jesus did on the cross, and you lean into the Holy Spirit, the more you're afflicted, the more life is going to come to you. Why? It's that resurrection power that if the same Spirit raises Christ from the dead and dwells in you, he's going to quicken you. He's going to bring more life to you. I'm trying to close. Hmm. The enemy thought he had Jesus when he struggled to carry his cross, but another came along to help him. Can you imagine Satan? (laughs) My plan is working. He has fallen in the street. King of kings, Lord of lords, my eye. He can't even carry that to the cross himself or to the the, the hill himself. (laughs) The enemy thought he had Jesus when he put him on that cross, but that was the place where victory was won. The enemy thought it was over when Jesus was put into a tomb, but that was the place of resurrection. The enemy thinks he has you when you struggle to carry your cross, but you're not alone. You have others ready to help you with the burden of your cross. The enemy thinks he has you when your flesh is being crucified, but guess what? That place of crucifixion, that's the place of victory. Yeah, I'm going through the crucible, feeling crushed under the weight of this burden. But that's the place of victory. The reason why is because what the enemy curses, when you submit that to the Lord, God will bless. In the land of their affliction, they multiplied. And you are every bit as much as the people of God as those in Israel all those years ago. The enemy thinks it's over when things in your life feel final, as if your health, finances, marriage, peace, all those things were put into a tomb. 
But that's the place where resurrection can occur. I need you to understand this. Jesus is the solution, what he did on the cross. That's the place of victory. The cross is the place of victory. And the tomb is the proof that our victory's been won. Amen? Catch that, and I'll say it one more time. Jesus is the solution. The cross is the place of victory. And the tomb is the proof. There's a purpose in our dropped crosses. And that purpose is that we can walk up into some empty tombs. Amen? Drop, if I had a title today, it'd be Drop Crosses and Empty Tombs. Let's take a moment and just worship a little bit. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.